This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. How are you doing, Ed? Good. Always a pleasure to talk to you. It is, of course, the first Friday of the month, first day of the month. So that can only mean one thing, and that is non-farm payroll day. And, well, as predicted, the economy continues to rebound from the shock of the coronavirus pandemic in the United States. Employers adding 431,000 jobs last month. And this is the 15th month in a row of uh, job gains, Ed. And what's interesting is... The U.S. has now regained nearly all of the jobs lost since the pandemic started. Few would have predicted that maybe 18 months ago. This was an impressive report. I think we we saw um, there's lots of reasons to be uh, very positive. You saw um, uh, minority unemployment rate improve uh, significantly. Uh, Also, uh, uh, I think one of the, the, the important things that the Fed is concerned about is that participation rate and and that's continuing to uh, rise up. Now it's still kind of like uh, in between from the the, the pandemic lows. So I think we could still see further progress there, but overall, this was a strong strong report, even though the the headline number was uh, less than expectations. Uh, And and I think that you, you also saw the ISM manufacturing report, which when you take a look at the employment component there, that also was rather robust. So, so, it looks like the labor market is still very strong. There, there are concerns that you know growth is slowing, um, and and I think that you're probably going to see that uh, we're 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 going to continue to see uh, um, you know decent labor growth going forward. Um, I think the the pace is going to be a little bit slower. I think that now you're you know a lot of these jobs that were created were hospitality leisure, so I think that you're 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 going to see there's going to be um, I think uh, less uh, massive gains here, but I think uh, there, there's still good reason to be optimistic that uh, people are finding jobs that want to, and and uh, that just is a it's a good sign for the economy. But I, I think when you take a look at wages, uh, wages are still going higher, but they're 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 not keeping up with inflation. So uh, eventually, uh, the American consumer will have to dip further into those savings, and that's going to be a a big problem. I think what um, uh, a lot of economists have been calculating is that um, right now it's it's believed that the average inflation cost per family is going to be about $5,200 in 2022. Uh, so that's definitely going to definitely uh, weigh on on, on some of those uh, consumption uh, outlooks that we're we're going to have for um, a lot of these stock trades that we're we all often talk about so i think that uh the retail sector is 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 going to start to show some signs of weakness but right now things are still you know fairly upbeat as more people are going into the labor market more people are making more money but you know as these pricing increases continue to happen and, and they're expected to to uh, do so for quite some time, um, that's going to complicate uh, what happens. And and I think what we have to you know pay close attention to is the Fed. Um, the Fed is on course to deliver uh, a, you know not just one supersized rate hike of 50 basis points, but uh, probably a string. So um, that's going to tighten financial conditions. So it'll it's going to definitely um, um, 
make uh, this a little bit uh, of a tougher environment for the economy. It is indeed a perfect storm. Wherever you look, inflation is a major threat. As you said, businesses are having to pay more to woo workers. The average weekly wage in March is up 5.6% from a year ago. Inflation 7.9%, so there's a bit of a lag. But that 7.9% may be dwarfed uh, within six months when you consider all of the factors that you've just mentioned, plus, of course, what's happening with energy prices, Ukraine, Russia. And it's a very similar scenario to this country where today, on April the 1st, we've just seen our energy prices for gas uh, catapult up uh, because the cap has been changed as of today. And it's going to affect that terrible phrase, ordinary working people uh, in this country, people who just don't have the extra. They're, they're saying on this occasion it's going to be an extra, on average, £700, so nearly $1,000 uh, for a, a fuel bill. But that's going to go up even further. And we haven't even talked about all the other uh, reasons for inflation uh, the oil price, uh, a shortage of, of workers, uh, and uh, all the commodity prices that have been hit over the last uh, few weeks and months. It is extraordinary, really, how we... I mean, this is going to be double-digit inflation before we know it, is it not? Very much so. And I think when you take a look at what we're, we're seeing across all sectors, uh, um, everything suggests uh, you know, inflation is going to get a lot uglier. Um, you know, kind of just circling back to that ISM manufacturing report, uh, when you take a look at <clears throat> what happened with prices paid, um, they jumped from 75.6 to 87.1. Um, you're, you're, you're seeing um, expectations that, um, the, you know, this is, this is going to really complicate, um, you know, what businesses do and how they pass on these increases to the consumer. But, you know, there, there is no... Um, there's no, I, I think, expectation that, uh, you know, they're going to hesitate in, in doing so. And and I think that there is just, uh, unfortunately, uh, a, a situation that um, we have to remind ourselves that even before the war in Ukraine, um, we were dealing with uh, a commodity super cycle. Um, and, and I think that uh, even when we, whenever we do come out of uh, this war, um, we're still going to be battling low inventories. Uh, uh, it'll take some time to rectify some supply chain issues. And, um, you know, these these uh, price increases will likely remain sticky. So I think that uh, you're going to see monetary policy is going to be very complicated um, going forward. And uh, I, I think you're probably going to have this is this is going to be a, a very difficult environment for for um, uh, central bankers. Um, I think especially for the Fed, um, they're going to be aggressive early, and then eventually, when growth is is starting to get uglier, um, they're they're knowing Powell. I'm, I would not be surprised if he did um, pivot a little bit. Um, and and you know, speaking of you know growth concerns, it's it's fascinating you know how you know we've we've uh, inverted the the twos tens curve uh, a couple times this week and that's uh you know typically that will trigger the countdown for a recession um and and now i think that you're you're probably going to see that there's this expectation that um you know the you know the when you take a look at all the curves the three month to the five year that is steepening 
Um, so you know the you know there's still expectations. The economy is still solid. It's going to be pretty strong this year. Um, all the uncertainty is you know 2024 or 20 well, 2023 is starting to look a little cloudy. Um, but you know 2024 and and, and beyond. So um, you, you're you're I think the the one reality that has settled in for many people is that we're going to have higher interest rates going forward. And uh, I think that's uh, one of the the key things that um, is, is, is troubling for so many uh, companies, especially the ones that are not profitable and the ones that are still uh, reliant on loans. So I think uh, you're, you're, you're also seeing a lot of banks that, um, you know, they're re- trying to um, reposition their portfolios because uh, whenever you see such an exaggerated move, um, this is, it's difficult to manage your risk. So um, um, this is going to be a, a very um, volatile environment. But I think that um, for now, um, you know, the the expectation is still that, uh, uh, you know, these growth concerns are, are probably going to pick up in the, in the summertime. And of course, this is on the back of uh, President Biden's bid to control energy prices and inflation by ordering that release of a million barrels of oil per day from your country's petroleum reserve that for six months this is i think unprecedented isn't it this is partially political um as a way of telling russia that well you can't have it all your own way with those oil and gas prices but also in order to stay further inflation ahead of those midterms that are coming up fairly shortly i'd say it's mostly political (laughs) it's uh it comes at a time where President Biden's polling is at record lows. Um, we are about 220 days away from the midterm elections. Um, there is high expectations he's going to lose his blue wave. Um, I think Democrats have been basically um, nudging him, saying we 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 need to change the narrative now um, because inflation is not going to get any better anytime soon and we need to throw the kitchen sink. Um, and uh, this is the third time in, uh, in several months that they're tapping the reserves. It's uh, a record amount. Um, and uh, it obviously, uh, you know, it did send oil WTI tentatively uh, below um, that $100 level. Um, but does it solve you know, the, all the problems, um, well, well, with the coordinated response, yes, Western nations are going to also contribute. You're going to have Europe, Canada, Mexico, Japan, South Korea, they're going to join in. Um, but um, I, I think there's still, you know, there, there's still the, this big risk out there. Um, and and uh, you, you, the logistics of getting that million barrels from the SPR from Texas and Louisiana, <clears throat> it's not as easy <laughs> to do. Um, so, so th- and as far as where they're going to send it, um, it sounds good on paper. Um, so there's there's a there's there's many ways that this can get scrutinized. Uh, is it great that he's doing something? Yes. Um, I think that you know if if, if President Biden wanted to send a message. Um, you know, he would have to say, go on his knees and say, I'm sorry to the environmentalists and say that we need to take a pause and we need to, you know, 
focus on the economic outlook right now and, and uh, encourage drilling. Um, I think they need to take a little bit of a break on that hard stance and uh, until they can really uh, solidify the the geopolitical risk, because I think that what you're you're going to see is that um, the possible outcomes of things going terribly wrong um, abroad um, could could really, I think, outweigh the the the, the, the potential short-term climate change risk. So I, I think that you're you're going to see that um, um, you're you're not going to rectify i think this energy problem because even even um tapping these reserves and even if let's say we have a major de-escalation the next few years we're, we're still going to be um vulnerable to extreme price swings um for oil because we've had such a lack of investment um and the clean energy um investments aren't up to par to make up to, to uh, completely replace um, um, dirty oil. So um, I, I think that uh, there, there needs to be a, a different approach, but um, for now, short term, this is, uh, yes, it's been negative, but uh, for, for crude prices, but uh, I think that um, you'll probably see that move faded. Um, and um, in, in the end, um, you know, oil will really, react to every headline that is that comes from uh, the uh, the situation in the Ukraine. Meanwhile, Ed, we haven't mentioned markets much uh, today, but interesting to look at the end of the first quarter. And uh, well, stocks had their first bad quarter in two years. If you consider the last two years and the crazy roller coaster we've been on, it's so interesting, isn't it? Now we're coming out of the pandemic or sort of out of the pandemic uh we're, we're getting the you know the 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 triple whammy of uh, the the reaction to coming out uh, the geopolitical stuff and of course the uh, the big elephant in the room which is uh, inflation and interest rates uh, so i I'm, i expect that that uh, bad quarter for stocks is down mainly due to these concerns uh, yeah you've had Fed rate hike expectations dramatically go from maybe two rate hikes at the beginning of the year to now we're going to raise at every meeting and some of them are going to be really big. <laughs> so, so the market has has really um, um, kind of uh, changed its tune. And, and I, I think that the, the, the war in Ukraine has really um, um, made that happen. And, and I, I think what you're also seeing um, when you take a look, uh, there's there's been the rotation that we've seen from growth stocks to defensive back to growth. Uh, like now, you know, it, it's a, it, you know typically, um, you know, when the Nasdaq fell into bear market territory, and you know, like right now, just to kind of point things out, like the, the S and P five hundred is like roughly like five percent from the record high, so that's not too bad. Um, but but when you when you saw the Nasdaq um, you know fall pretty hard, um, uh, you saw a lot a lot of people said well that's mainly because the market was overpricing and stagflation risks, and then everyone piled back into a lot of these mega cap tech stocks and um, and then now it seems that that might have been overdone, and I, I think that we're probably going to be in a in a very uh, range bound market. But the the problem is that now you have um, 
realistic growth concerns from Europe because of the uncertainty with the war. And, and also, uh, there's a, I think what surprised a lot of people was the uh, unexpected uh, lockdowns from, from, from uh, Beijing that, you know, in Shanghai that uh, is starting to cripple economic activity. And now there's expectations you might get some easing from the PBOC. So that will kind of bolster their markets. But you know, there. This is this. Uh, you know, 2022 is not playing out the way anyone thought it would. <laughs> um, and uh, but but in the end, I think right now you're you're still everyone is trying to get a handle on you know how aggressive will the Fed be? Will they eventually ease up on tightening, um, or will they you know remain determined on on you know tackling their inflation part of their mandate so um i, th I think there's still there's still though uh when you take a look at where wall street is positioned and where how much cash is still on the sidelines <clears throat> stocks are still looking pretty attractive so i think a lot of traders are still waiting to buy on any dip so whenever we see five or ten percent moves lower um there's probably going to be you know significant money buying on every dip Okay, before we look ahead to the week ahead, uh, a quick word about Bitcoin, Ed. And that recent rally that Bitcoin has had seems to have run out of steam a bit. It was it was fascinating. It, it seemed the the crypto markets just kept going higher and higher, um, and you know, there was there was a, a fascinating story that kind of uh, really um, I think helped propel it. Um, one of the one of the things that really drives Bitcoin higher is when you have uh, a new uh, or a major, you know, com financial commitment into into the space. And uh, what kind of snuck up on people's radars was when uh, the Terra blockchain confirmed that um, they bought over one billion dollars in Bitcoin since the end of January. A billion dollars is pretty significant, and. <laughs> Um, it, it goes to show you that, you know, this space is just it, you know, there's there's still so much interest in it. Um, and uh, you're 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 hearing more rumblings. Senator Warren was talking about the digital dollar, but it, it just seems that, you know, all the regulatory um, discussions, you know, there, there's there's nothing that's really there to cripple Bitcoin. Um, maybe some stable coins will be in trouble and that might be a little bit of a negative move for cryptos in general. But um, overall, it seems that crypto has survived the regulatory hurdle. Um, and, and now it's it's just, uh, I think you're, you're, you're going to see Bitcoin will probably do well as long as treasury yields just don't continue to skyrocket. So, um, so like when we see the ten-year, if if you see like a day when the ten-year is up ten basis points, typically you should expect Bitcoin to be lower. So, a slow moving high. If Treasury yields slowly grind higher, then you know that's an environment Bitcoin could still do well. But right now, I think you're you're seeing some exhaustion here. I think there's a kind of a price barrier around that fifty thousand level. So, uh, Bitcoin could be poised to consolidate here. But I mean, given where we are um, with all the concerns about um, aggressive Fed tightening and and 
you know, just persistent geopolitical risks. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty, uh, it's a telling story that Bitcoin has really maintained um, that 40,000 level. And uh, I think there's, you know, still a lot of um, long-term bets that are in a lot of call options that are targeting much higher levels for later in the year. So, um, you know, the, 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 a lot of large parts of Wall Street are convinced that we're, we're going to see fresh record highs later on um, end of the year. So um, that, that'll be interesting to see um, how that takes hold, if it takes hold. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's happening in, in the, the cryptoverse. Do you know what, Ed, it really is a fascinating time to be uh, a commentator, an analyst uh, for business, uh, economics and markets. Uh, I really, I mean, we've we've lived through some fascinating periods in the last decade or so, when you go back all the way to the global financial crisis. But um, in recent times, there just always seems to be a massive story going on. And I think we're going to go into a new, I mean, we've been talking a lot about COVID and the Russia, Ukraine, Trump and so on over the last few years. But now we're entering this quite possibly unprecedented uh, era time for economics markets inflation interest rates you know and this is really going to affect every you know man woman and child in the world this isn't just market talk is it this is it's almost quite scary what could be on the horizon very much so and uh, I, I must say though uh, every time we recap it each week it is uh, it's always a joy to do so <laughs> okay before i let you go and enjoy that weekend of yours what should we look out for over the next week or so well i i think uh it's uh, not every weekend that we we get a lot of key central bank speakers but uh uh, on Saturday, <laughs> and I won't be uh, covering uh, uh, New York Fed Williams' uh, keynote speech, but um, he will be speaking about economic policy at Princeton University. Um, you, you, I think uh, ECB's uh, Schnabel will be participating at a uh, at a finance workshop in Italy, uh, also. But um, you, you're also going to have uh, in Hungary parliamentary elections. Um, the prime minister's party has a small lead. So that's also happening um, uh, over the weekend. So that's going to be um, important to follow. Um, on, on Monday, I think the, the, the focus is, is really going to be on central bank speak. We hear from Governor Bailey, Deputy Governor Cunliffe. As far as economic data goes, uh, U.S. factory orders and durable goods will happen and uh, German trade balance. Uh, Tuesday is, is going to be... Um, um, I think the focal point will be on the RBA rate decision. Um, they're expected to keep the cash target rate unchanged. Uh, Fed's Brainerd will speak um, mostly on inflation. Wednesday, it's all about the Fed minutes. Everyone's going to be dissecting those minutes to see if we get some supersized type rhetoric in those minutes. Um, I'll be paying close attention to uh, what's happening um, in DC. Oil executives will be testifying on gasoline prices. Uh, the House Energy Commerce Subcommittee will hold a hearing. Uh, Poland will have a rate decision. They're expected to raise rates 50 basis points. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if every central bank does follow through with these aggressive rate hikes. Um, some have surprised to the downside, so that's um, that's going to be important to follow. Uh, there's a Bitcoin 2022 conference that starts on Wednesday as well. So sometimes you get some cool crypto announcements, new projects, uh, um, or 
adventures uh, if you're into the cryptoverse um, that could happen. Thursday is all about uh, central bank minutes. We'll hear from the ECB. They'll have their uh, minutes released for their March policy decision. Mexico has theirs as well. Um, we'll hear from the BOE's uh, chief economist. Also, Fed's Bullard and Bostic and Evans will speak. And Friday, India has a rate decision. Uh, no changes expected there. The RBA will have their semi-annual financial stability review. Uh, Czech Central Bank will have their minutes released. Russia GDP, that should be fun to watch. Um, also earlier in the week, uh, Russia CPI too. So um, a lot of a lot of, lot of events to happen. I think uh, though the focus for many will remain on what happens in Ukraine. Ed, have a great weekend and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.